a seat to the bar and join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tansen, Jess, and Maggie bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's Pubcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.9, Grace, Beauty, Art, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. I always wondered why no one did it before me. I mean, all those comic books, movies, TV shows. you think the one eccentric loner would have made himself a costume. Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us keep doing what we're doing. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 12. Dresden returns to set and discusses the case with Arturo. They are interrupted by Trixie, the star of the film, who expresses her devastation at Giselle's replacement. They are joined by the incomparable Laura Romani, who Harry deduces is actually a wraith and part of the White Court Vampires. <laughs> the thick plot. So after heading to his office and getting held up by gunpoint and then having a big weepy heart-to-heart with Snickers and Murphy, he decides he needs a shower before he goes home again. A little self-care. Which is fair, because he was all half-electrocuted or near-electrocuted and then blood all over yeah. him from the... from so the he, yeah. He went to a police precinct covered in blood. Yeah. And Where no one bothered to care at all. They're like, it's Dresden. When what? they got electrocuted and she fell through the glass. Giselle's cutthroat. Oh, right, 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 okay. I was like, I know, I know there's something happening. There was some CPU. Yeah, because yeah, because he left straight from there to the office, right? And then he had to go grab the dog because he was gonna. And then he goes by. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. They're just like whatever. It's Dresden. Kincaid didn't give a fuck. Murphy doesn't give a fuck. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) This is how Blas. I was gonna say Kincaid would. Kincaid would just be like, all right, know my business. Right. He's the type that. Yeah. It's kind of funny that even Murphy, like even Murphy now, is like, oh yeah, you had a thing. If you remember I in jacket covered it. I don't know. The Half Blood mm-hmm. Prince when Harry's <laughs> late to dinner and he finally shows up like halfway through dinner and uh Jenny is like, "What? Why is he covered in Why is he always covered in blood?" What? <laughs> <laughs> Let this guy out of your sight for 10 seconds. Yeah. That's true cuz he had his coat off so maybe yeah, maybe it's just kind of all under his yeah, so he like shows up looking like a peep, like a, a flasher. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Hey, anybody want to buy a Rolodex? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you doing? 
Wow. <laughs> Pay attention to when you're getting mocked, child. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, and then there's traffic and everything, and he, he gets back, and he's late. Now Harry's the late one. I tell you, it's, it's because, you know, it's totally like Joan said. She's going to show up late, and everybody else is going to think that he can late and stone and untimely sober. happens really quickly. Right, yeah, and Harry's like, well, after time. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, I have an excuse. I, like, saved your people this morning. Okay, like, I totally have reason to, like, not be back on time. He meets Anari, who's all like, you're late, and I'm a gopher, and let's get you to the set, and I, you need to talk to Arturo, and she's like... You know, very cute, perky fun, perky, and peppy. Very, very lighthearted. Very lighthearted. But it says immediately, she starts at a brisk walk, and I had to lengthen my steps. How fucking brisk? <laughs> <laughs> you need to lengthen your steps. This girl is jogging right now. Uh, I feel, I feel, have they said, I feel like she is a little tall on average, which again is not going to be his tall, but even if they haven't. But I was going to say, it must just be like, he's just so used to, you know, like usually he has to take really small, short, slow steps because everybody. So, you know, maybe that's all. But he's just, he wasn't expecting all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, I actually have to walk like half normal now. <laughs> I, I know I know a woman that was like 5'2", and she like booked it. Like, oh, you had to run to keep up with her. And it was just always like, like just these really long taken strides and really like, yeah, compensate. I, don't know, I walk quickly, but to out for for Dresden to be like, I had to lengthen my steps to go out. I'm like, bro, maybe, maybe, that, maybe it was just the initial, just to catch up. He like wasn't expecting her to take off, and he's like, ooh, whoa, and yeah, but yes, yeah, it does kind of paint a picture, doesn't it? <laughs> she offers them him that vegetarian pizza. Nothing wrong with that but it was the correct answer. Dead pigs and, and cows. Yes. Oh, I love Dresden's whole exchange on this, as always, right? Because she's like, yeah, what do you want on your vegetarian pizza? Dead pigs and cows. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, I just, I love his line. He's like, I choose to exercise my right as an apex predator. I'm like, thank you. Is that all we need to do to justify those of us that still want to eat meat in our lives? You can be vegan and vegetarian all you want, but I am choosing to exercise my right as an apex predator. And other apex predators get to eat meat. Nobody's out there yelling at the lions. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm like, you go get that, that gazelle. Do, like, just, unless I've hired you as my personal dietitian. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, need, I don't need to know your opinion on what you think my, I should be eating. <laughs> exactly. I just, and I won't tell you my opinion either. Right? Um, Except for you, Jess. <laughs> When all you would eat was chicken nuggets, I was like, that's not good. (laughs) And now she can't. You see, I was just trying to get my fill in before it was never going right? to happen again. She just knew <laughs> there was doom was looming on the horizon. No, I think that um, peer pressure does work sometimes because I stopped eating chicken nuggets because I went to a restaurant as like a 16-year-old. And before we even ordered, a girl I'd never met before was like, oh, I find it so immature when teenagers are still ordering chicken nuggets and fries. And I was like, I got to find something else on this menu. Ah! <laughs> that was that. There, there is a place sometimes mm-hmm. for peer pressure. It's true. Yeah, yeah. These are the... <laughs> I got to start learning about other food in the world. <laughs> it was like, I just like it. You should have been like, I don't think it's because it's like cutesy and empty. You just, I literally hate all of their food. I mean, like, <laughs> I won't, won't eat anything else. No. That's funny, though, because, yeah. that celiac did take that out of me. Yeah. 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 Now she can learn about more than bread she, products. She can have the chicken and not the nuggets, and it's just not the same, you no. know? It's... Anyways, but yes, I just like how he's like, doesn't take size. He's like, I just exercise <laughs> my right as an apex predator. So I'm like, yes, we are apex predators. We get to eat meat <laughs> if we so cheese. <laughs> so Inari, very nice girl that she is, has agreed to get him some high-protein pizza. 
Cheese, beans, corn, tofu. Very, yeah. very yummy. Oh, protein. That's all you had to say. And Dresden, you know, just handing off his dog again. The amount of people are just okay with this is crazy. I know. Well, I mean, again, I kind of get it from Anari's point. Like, absolutely. If you walked up to me with a puppy and was like, here, can you look after it? Puppies uh, are cute. Absolutely. But again, I just find it really funny that she's not like, like, he doesn't question the fact that he's bringing this jo- dog to the set. Like, is anybody going to oh, mind? Puppy. Is Arturo going to? Yeah. And then he's pawning it off on this girl who did that. First of all, he's joking about her, her stealing his job and then finds out she's even lower down on the totem pole than he is. So it's like, great. I get to work. But it was like, Dresden, you have no idea what you're doing like you're literally here in like a fake job and you're still like giving stuff to like the people below and be like oh it's okay i said you could take the puppy exactly. <laughs> first day on the job not clearing it with joan dog. not clearing it with arturo you know you're just like here take this dog and look after it and you know even if that means you have to run it outside to go piddle sometime even though i don't know what you're supposed to be doing at your job besides ordering people like bean curd pizza but yeah, exactly right. That again, he's just like, I'm sure it's fine. Nobody will mind. I don't need to clear it with anybody. And but like, it does a really important job here as as a twofold. A, she likes dogs and she's willing to watch the puppy. So she must be a good guy despite this whole vegetarian conversation. Right. Well, we B, lear- she's offering real Coke, not Diet Coke. Yeah. That, I was going to say, that was oh. the other thing that we, yeah, we, we know person. she's a good guy. Because yeah, he's like, wait, decaffeinated. And she's like, health conscious, not insane. Right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Just in case you thought she was one of the bad guys, Dr- Butcher okay. is quick to say this all straight, okay? Right. She still drinks Coke and she likes dogs, okay? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So we meet up with Arturo again, who has now woken up by 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, he had to be back at like 3-ish. It's not 5 yet. Okay. <laughs> he probably got the call saying, don't show up until 3. Yeah. Something happened. Had to deal with all that, too. But, yes, exactly. When he wasn't out of bed yet this morning is that he's definitely on set now. And now he wants to because that was, like, the first thing. He's like, oh, Arturo wants to see you. It's like, great. Where was he when I wanted to talk to him at 8 o'clock this morning? But, okay, fine. Now he's the boss. He's paying the bills. We'll do, it on, we'll do it on his time. <laughs> yeah. Harry, a big, giant European bear hug and thanks him and thanks him and thanks him. Gives him his credit. You yeah. are the one who saved them. Thank you. Yes, yeah, they do. They're all, he's like, how are they? She's going to be okay. And he's like, well, she'll survive. Hard an actress, all this kind of. So, yeah, horribly disfigured, but alive. I, I kind of love reading about that he's got like a half-smoked cigar going on mm-hmm. here. Because it like really puts things into sort of a, like, especially now, this sort of cultural um, time shift for me. Like, mm-hmm. changes the time frame. It also... So it has more of a European feel to, to it for me because Europeans were much, much slower to get on the non-smoking bandwagon. Yes. Yes. Um, and it isn't, it isn't. Because, again, if this is like 2004, I'm like, okay, they had already banned it everywhere. This is very definitely his own personal space in his office because I remember it phasing out as a teenager in the late 90s. So I think by 2004, well, it pretty much had to be... I, I can speak for Arizona because like, I, I served and they, f- just in early 2000s, had finally gotten rid of in-restaurant, in, in like just as I started serving. So that was probably around 2005-ish. I remember 2003, though, I went to Italy and you could smoke anywhere. Yeah. You could be inside in a hotel and just light one up. And it was, it was so novel, I ended up starting smoking again because it was just like... <laughs> 
Look, I, I can can. Concern. It, was, it was a poor choice I on my can. part, but <laughs> I, I could be completely wrong and just imagining this, but I feel like European cigarettes are different too. Aren't I mean they're not good, don't get me wrong, but aren't like our North American ones supposed to be like twice as bad with the carcinogenics and the whole I, th- I thought some I don't know. Reason. I managed to find camels while I was there. So. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just imagining it. Maybe it's just again just the culture of the being more over there. I was somehow thinking that some of theirs weren't quite as bogged down with as much or as many or as different chemicals. I don't know. I, I could be complete. I've, I've never gone to Europe and smoked. American so. cigarettes are generally stronger and have a higher nicotine content than European cigarettes. American cigarettes tend to be smoother and have a sweeter taste than British cigarettes. Okay, so just the nicotine? They don't uh, really say about the it, other ones, but that's okay. That's all I got. All right, so I kind of am, um, yeah, but all right. Anyways, but, but like even reading, readings or, or like watching, like I was, I've been watching One Piece, like the actual anime, and they're like, the they, they've drawn all these characters smoking nonstop. Like right. one of them, one of the characters just has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. I, just, I feel like um, I may have mentioned it on here before, but, to, but again, watching like the original MacGyver series and, and watching that at one point that he's like snooping around some office building after hours and he can tell that somebody's there working late because there's like a cigarette that's like either still burning or it's like just been put out in the ashtray on their desk. I'm like, yeah, you cannot smoke in office buildings in North America. And anyway, you know what I mean, right? It was like, that's definitely not a big. And, and then, like you say, that the bit by bit where finally, you know, the restaurants and the whole bit were some of the last ones to phase out because people like to smoke after their meals. Well, and- like, like, even at this point in time now, it, it's weird to, like, see people even pull out packs of smokes. Even at, like, the bar, I'm usually seeing people with, like, vapes and... I see people actually pull out a cigarette. I'm like, God, you're old school, man. That's, yeah. There definitely are still enough, because again, I have smokers at work and stuff like that, where I still feel like I see enough people with, but I sell smokes. A million can... packs a day. So for me, I see it every day still. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely. But yeah, in some ways they do, because there's definitely that mix. Like I think for some people, it's the easier whatever to have the, the vapes and stuff like that too. Like, not that they don't smoke, but for some of those situations where, again, right, it's like, well, you don't need to have, you know, you're not going to get them broke. Like, if you want to go to the bar and take it, right, you're not going to get crushed or broken, shove them in your purse or your thing or, but yeah, definitely. Definitely it's funny. I, I Like I say, I can remember going to the mall after school and, like, smoking in the food court or well, even- at the little planter benches. In, the, in places around the mall, and now, right? Having, like, we had a smoking section at the, in high school, like out the back doors. You could go out and smoke. Well, yeah, outside, outside. No, it wasn't no a, wind, so yeah. an issue. I still remember being a small child and being put down in like a booth at Denny's with all the other kids and all the adults being like, "We'll be in the next room over." <laughs> yeah, we'll be in the smoking section. Yeah. You guys are fine, right? Yeah. But yeah, that was never me. That must have been her dad. Uh, definitely. So. Uh, <laughs> But anyways, yes, he's he's very European. His huggy, kissy, smoking, whatever. Um, and then he he wants to know more. So he's he's hired Dresden to be investigator, and he's like, "Thank God you were there already. You're you're earning your pay." Your ad says you also do advice. You give advice, and Justin's like, "Well, technically, I sell it, and technically, that's more for." So here's what I want to know. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't care whatever Dresden was gonna say." Arturo was like, "You said advice. I'm getting advice." <laughs> right. He really takes advantage of the consulting part. Yeah, which fair it's enough. It's fair if you're paying somebody it's, already. It's, it's fair. I just yeah, I just got a little kick out of that where Harry starts to be, "Oh, that's more for," but we don't find out what Harry technically usually gives advice on. Like, presumably, maybe the up and coming magic here because he's talked before about mentoring people that have a little bit of you know 
what I mean. He's like, oh, I can give advice on that because I know something. And Archer was like, no, I want advice on this. Life. And you kind of, yeah, because I'd be like, I don't know what the, again, Harry's still, you know, mid to late 20s here. Like, not saying that he doesn't know. But again, he doesn't have a lot of world experience in some ways. I would have been like, don't, like, again, this guy that's definitely, you know, 10, 20, 30 years my senior or whatever, you know, and is running his own business and stuff too. I would be like, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, dude. Right. But Harry takes it all straight. Harry doesn't do that. Harry, like, actually... Is like, okay, well, what about this? And I'm like, okay, fair. It does kind of fall under your, your forte or whatever, your your, your experiences and things. But yeah, she's funny. Just right off the bat, Harry's like, you're right. There is straight up an evil eye thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. not paranoid all, and superstitious. Can There's confirm. Definitely something going on. So that's just a first of all. Yeah. And then the second of all is like, you know, Harry's like, why would you even be a target? Like, it's pornography, okay? Yeah. Get it everywhere. No offense, but they're dime a dozen. Like, yeah, who's gonna... And then Arturo here, which is like critical information feel like that should have been mentioned from the offset this shouldn't be like something harry had to like maybe but you know what it was a late night party that harry didn't want to be there he didn't even bother with a contract so you know they maybe <laughs> just are drinking too yeah like, you know i mean he was slugging it straight out of the bottle maybe just you overwhelmed. know overwhelmed now now he's like oh yeah by the way here's some of the details you might want to know <laughs> so, so yes. you get for a handshake deal at a party there is someone who's been buying up all of the studios lately in the last what? couple of years. Right. The he, covert pornography syndicate. Porn, I know. Oh. I love how. <laughs> a little porn monopoly, but yeah. <laughs> if I didn't know better, I'd say. <laughs> and he's all like, I don't know, Harry, if you he's, could maybe look into it. Yeah, he's a private investigator. <laughs> okay, has got to be a great name for it. The, the something mafia, like the, some dirty word. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Would, it, would it be the... More like the the mafia. Ah, <laughs> see, there had to be something. <laughs> you don't even know what happened to our Discord chat when the episode came out about trying to find a porn name for Harry. Oh, it was great. And you're gonna inspire it all over again. <laughs> yes. You know, I may not always have time to be like online and all the social media and the Discord as much as I would like to be, but hey, it was good. Th- it was this good. is our part right here, you know. So that's that's your problem if you. Have to- <laughs> what would you call your covert pornography syndicate? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. <laughs> uh, this is where Harry's really really flexing his muscles at being a private dick. <laughs> Oh, oh. That, pushing it that, too far. that would have been so much better the, during the stunt penis part. Right. <laughs> right. I'm a private dick. Okay, but anyways. And the quintessential timeline, okay? Harry must finish every book within three days or less. Right. <laughs> right. Here we are. This project has today and tomorrow to be filmed. To finish. And that's Which, that. Damn, who knew they were filmed so fast? I mean, you know, usually the quality of them, you figure these have to be like major blockbuster productions. And, and so he does this whole thing, like, should I end the project or should I keep going? Like, how evil is evil? And yeah, like, Harry has a totally wise answer. And he's like, are you a leader or are you a protector? <laughs> you got to choose one or the other. Right. And Arturo's instantly like, well, they're fucking adults, so I'm a lead. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. It was really good advice. Like, and I liked how it was worded, like... To, to like ask yourself these questions, not yeah, again, and not just outright telling him, no, you need to stop. Or, well, and that's you know. just it, right? Like Harry's like, I can't tell you what to do, but yeah, you got to decide what route you're gonna take on this, you know, kind of a thing, and and yeah, and I mean again. It's I mean I know they've already sort of painted this that people are kind of between a rock and a hard place, 
But nonetheless, especially with this latest one being so much more... Like, again, the other ones were really weird, random. Like, the one girl... Okay, if she was out water skiing, nothing to do with the set or whatever, right? Okay, golf clubs to your car. Related, but also, right? I'm like, okay, this is one of the actresses in the dressing room. Throat slit, shit. Like, one of the worst ones that happened, right? And they're like... So you have the option of staying or going, and everybody's just going to be like, I'm going to stay. It's fine. This porn is so much more important. I need this paycheck. I need these, this street cred, whatever was the word I'm looking for. You're like, you know, they need the, the pull and the bit. You know what I mean? But I'm like, part of me is like, you think people could walk away again? As Harry keeps saying, he's like, well, it's just this porn flick. It's just this. And, the, and yet the stakes are high enough for everybody. And part of what's being touted here, too, is just the loyalty, okay? Everyone well, wants to stick with Genoso, okay? They, fair they enough. They think he's a good guy. They're his friends. They want right, to see him this, succeed. This chapter completely sets it up because he is good in it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, it shows... That he's reasonable. He's got a good relationship with them. Well, yes, and he's not just be like, we have to get this done, I need my money. He is exactly looking at the morality and the the things from it. I'll tell them it's dangerous and let them make their own choices. No hard feelings. Yeah. But I do like the whole, uh, as you said, the the wording for it. It's like, um, ask yourself how willing you are to let ambition get someone killed and weighed against how willing you are to let someone scare you out of living your life is the moral dilemma that Harry finds himself in time and time again. Because Harry's like, I don't like bullies but I'm reliant on nonstop help from outsiders. So yeah, right. if I, I keep picking a war right. with vampires, they're going to keep getting hitmen on them. Yeah, I, I got to pull Murphy into this to help, but I don't want to get Murphy in trouble and involved. And yeah, point. exactly. that. All these subtle things, man. It's like writers have all this. It's like I remember going through school and they'd be like, you know, like analyzing this poem or this thing. And they'll be like, this and I'd be like, maybe they just wrote it. Maybe this poem doesn't mean anything more. Maybe they just... You know, and then you have shit like this where you're like, they just, you know, and then you're like, oh, I guess authors do always take those moments to, to feed extra things in. I'm like, it's really annoying. I'm like, how come you can't just, you know, figure out what, you know, like sometimes Why I'm like. are the curtains blue? Right? Like, or not. Just be like, I just, I don't want to have to do homework on this all the time. Like, why can't it just be this? Why do we have to read something more into it? See, and, I always found that that was like the easiest escape ever. For in- writing English and social things? Well, it could be, because you can never be wrong. Exactly. So it's, it's I was like, and... it's blue? Okay, it's happy and skies and freedom. Okay, oh, there's a rug in the room? It's a cover-up. This is the easiest shit ever. <laughs> I know, which is fun. I'm not saying you can't. I just do find it funny sometimes. Like, right, there's always that. Maybe a cigar is just a cigar. Like, are we really analyzing anything in this? Are we, re- again, like like Butcher says, right? Or like you were saying about Butcher, you know, it's like, I'll never tell because now you never know when I'm purposely putting something in and whether it's just you guys went, <laughs> run wild with your imagination and read whatever you want into it. I don't even have to do anything. You guys will come up with it for <laughs> me, you know, and, but yeah. So yeah, so that's basically what he puts on here is the whole thing. And yeah, and he's like, you got to decide. And he's like, I guess I'm not the dad. I guess I'll put it out there and, and... Okay, hinky. Yeah, hinky. We use the word hinky frequently. Hinky, yeah. I, it's a Chicago word. This is what I said. I just, I'm curious. Like maybe, maybe it did originate in Chicago and it's just gotten so far beyond. But I've been using that word for a long time. I didn't really necessarily take it as it like he meant specifically. It was originated in Chicago, just like as opposed to like. It's more North American. Oh, that's funny. I totally did mean, like, when he said it's, like, a Chicago word, I meant, like, he was, like, owning that shit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is funny, because I always also think of it with Jinky, which is, because uh, I always think of Scooby-Doo, and I'm like, no, wait, theirs was, like, Jinkies, not Hinky. But, yes. 
But according to like Grammarly or Grammartist or whatever this is, uh, the origin of hinky is obscure. Some believe that hinky evolved from the black English slang word hinkty, H-I-N-C-T-Y, which was popular in the 1920s. Hinky describes someone who is snobbish putting on airs. Others believe hinky comes from gangster lingo of the 1920s and 30s days to describe jumpy behavior. In which case, I can totally see that being Chicago. attributed to Chicago and the whole gangster thing of the 90s, and th- the 90s and 30s, the 20s and 30s and blah, blah, blah. So, again, maybe it gained more notoriety or public, more public usage than more common. But, yeah. And those mobster stories were celebrity stories. So, of course, they're going to like it. Well, that too. But, yeah, I was like, huh. So See, I just took it because I know, like, Baltimore claims the word hun, right? And they're very big on that one. They're like, this is totally our word. It's a whole thing, right? So, when Harry was, like, claiming hanky for Chicago, and I was like, I expected a little bit more of a specific word that is not as well used by everyone. Yeah. can't think of anything that's Calgary-oriented except for, like, food-based stuff, like Caesars and ginger beef. Well, same thing. I was like, none of us are going to start claiming the word y'all or anything like that because you got y'all all over. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure there is, but again, I don't travel enough to have, you know, use something somewhere and be like, oh, you're from Alberta because you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know. I'm mostly in around Alberta and we all use the same one, so I can't pick out the things that are, I would need an outsider to, yeah, be able to tell us things that are uniquely. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure there is something somewhere, but you're right. I don't. Right. Either way, know, Harry but. figures it. So there's something that is off about the whole situation because the attacks are so brutal in nature. Well, yeah, and this is the thing, again, that he's coming up, right? He's like, it's it's different from whatever you thought it was in the story, right? Because, again, Arturo was like, I wasn't even anywhere around this time, you know? So they're like, yeah, okay, it doesn't seem to be you they're after exactly, so what is the purpose of this? And, you know, I guess that's where some of it comes out to the whole porn syndicate as opposed to just Arturo himself and... You know, but they're kind of trying to narrow it down and figure out what other... Kind of more vindictive than business-oriented, really. Well, yeah, because he's like, it doesn't make sense. He's like, I don't see a bunch of, like, CEOs sitting around and doing this, right? So, but they get interrupted (laughs) by a living goddess of a woman. (laughs) So, uh, five foot four, I can relate. I find it really interesting how Butcher's decided to, like, granularly describe Trixie as versus, like, how he... Has, has very ephemeral descriptions of Laura later when she comes in. Yeah. I freaking was like, oh, that's really neat. Really, really prominent change. Because first we start with, like, the goddess of a woman, and you do get that physical description of her. And not only that, but, like, he does it twice, cause he, and he does it in a categorical sort of a way, like... Yeah. Check, 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 check. And I think, see, this for me, I was thinking about it again, listening to this, and how we've talked about, like, the male gaze, and, oh, yeah, Harry's got to describe. And I'm like... But I think maybe part of why it never bothered me before still doesn't, and I, I don't think I've sort of brought this up before, but so part of it in this right now, I'm like, okay, fair enough. The woman walks in basically naked. We're on a porn set. Right now, I think that's fair descriptions. That's what we're dealing with, right? But the other side of it, I think, as I was like, I guess it's it's exactly that Harry keeps it all sort of as his internal monologue, right? We know that Harry's a young man, and we make the jokes are out there all the time, right? Like guys think about sex every seven seconds and you know that the men again it's it's the more visual it's the more driving urges the more biological it's all about you know the looks and the, and and the physical and the whatever whereas women you know want sure, the brains all the stereotypes and the, and yeah 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 but again where some of that came from the biological hard drives of what you know and stuff like this right but i was like 
So I guess instead of like, I guess the difference is, is that, yeah, Harry makes those, but again, those are in his head. He doesn't act on them. Not, I think is kind of the difference is that Harry, like, he could totally be a Bob. Like, if Harry went by just by what we see in his thoughts or just his descriptions or what he takes in when he sees a person, you're like, you could be the biggest pervy, lecherous, lucky perv out there. But I think the difference is that, yeah, maybe his biological, whether that's Butcher or Harry or whatever, but I'm like, he doesn't act. Harry, as the person says, it's not okay to treat women that way. It's not okay to think of them that way. And I don't, you know, he does try to be chivalrous and gentlemanly and treat women as more than just, you know. So I'm like, I guess maybe that's why part of it has not bothered me the same way that I'm like, I don't know, maybe this is just, right? Like, dude's 25. Hello. Yeah. Is whether it's his hormones, his libido, his age, his whatever that is like can't help but see and focus on these things. But what makes Harry a good guy is that, you know, he's not out there going, Hey, how you do you know what I mean? He's like, Ah, good this, ooh, no, don't, don't you know, Hi, Miss So and so, how are you? <laughs> Lovely to meet you. you know? He's too awkward with the women to be able to do that anyway. Right. Well that's like, you. <laughs> zero risk. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, what? That too, but he says it too. He, he acknowledges, right? He's all I mean that's why he keeps getting in trouble with like Murphy and Susan, is because he's got this chivalrous treat women like whatever, you know. So I'm like, I think it kind of says something for him. But yeah, here it's, it's yeah. It's just something very funny about introducing someone as my newest ex-wife. <laughs> right. Just say ex-wife, you're such a weirdo. <laughs> right. Well, again, maybe it's relevant to the whole thing. I mean, he already went through that Madras hosting, and then there he's like, wait, how many? And he's like, oh, there's three. So now he's like, just so you know, this is this one. This is funny. Trixie, the latest in the long line. <laughs> and isn't she just a peach? Lovely. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Ego, arrogance, ev- delusional. Everything Joan said about her. Everything you can imagine some, like, hyped up little porn starlet to be. Anybody that's just that beautiful public, you know, Cordelia, public popular, you know, Cordelia-esque mean girls kind of, right? Like Cordelia honestly wasn't even that mean for very long. No, like, they, she became they, Team Buffy so quickly. They, well, because things kept trying to attack her, and she kept having. I know, but like, yeah, it just seems like you know, it's not even fair to use Cordelia as the example of a mean girl because it's like she had like three seconds of being a mean girl, and then she was dating Xander. It's like, <laughs> all right, done. <laughs> yes, um, but yes, she is quite but, the but, stereotypical. Yes, but what Cordelia was meant to represent in the start before they, but yeah, exactly. And first of all, she goes, oh, this is Trisha's scrub. I told you not to call me that. I had it legally. And I loved how he's like, yes, dear. Okay, dear. So Trisha, this is such a, She like makes a huge, and, and, and Arturo like, I don't mean, I get that sort of being like that from being a very kind of salt of the earth kind of guy that Arturo is too, that this kind of thing just wouldn't, like he doesn't understand the same way why she has to be, like, again, I understand stage names, but he's like, you're Trisha. You know, and they're like, I had it legally changed and blah, 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 blah. He's just like, but Patricia, <laughs> you know, not, not even that he's trying to piss her off or undermine that or anything like that. He's just like, okay, okay, okay. So anyway, so Patricia here did that, you know. But yeah, and then her whole interaction with Harry. Who the hell are you? Okay, Larry, I sent you for a latte an hour ago. <laughs> he's like, so apparently reality just doesn't enter into her world either. <laughs> I think this is a really important setup um, of Jim Butcher to do it this way. To, to to really heighten the entrance and existence of Laura. Yes. Because like, it's just, it just contrasts completely of... Well, yeah, because he's, again, the first thing we learn about Trixie here is that she's beautiful. 
right? Like he said, gorgeous red hair, beautiful figure, proportions. She's a living goddess of a woman. Then she opens her mouth and ruins it all. Thanks a lot, because women need more of that stereotype out there. But, you know, and exactly. And then Laura comes in, who is also beautiful, but she's not this this prissy, vapid, you know, because I'm a blonde, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, Trixie is so stereotypical in every way. And Laura's like, I'm beautiful, but I'm also not a pinhead. <laughs> I find it really interesting, like, going back to how he, ch- how he changes, how he describes, like, very, very detailed with, with Trixie. And the, but the, the description of Laura is otherworldly. Like, Butcher waxes on about how this world, or how this woman is very interesting in a nondescript way. And I, and I think he does this to, uh, to appeal to readers so that they can kind of use their own imagination and make up what an ideal woman they think is onto, onto Laura. I think it has to so be he a little prescribe bit. prescribe it. Yeah, because exactly, because... Like, how do you describe the indescribable, you know, the supernatural? Right. Like, exactly what is that? Because she's got very, it, at least up to this point, she's very, very vague physical descriptions. They're very sparse, and it mostly covers what she's wearing and her accessories. It doesn't actually talk about her. Yeah. Uh, like, and, it, and even, like, in the description. But thinking back later, I couldn't clearly remember her facial, facial features or her body beyond a notion that they were superb. Yeah. Like, uh, it, that, it, like, everything is just... She's so incredible that she just goes well beyond yeah. the, the usual. Yeah. And again, very much as Dresden himself eventually gets to when he has a moment to, to sit down and think about this when it's all out of his face. But he's like, yeah, he's like, wait a second, you know, like, yeah, like super humanly beautiful. Wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe she's not where exactly right. Like you get, yeah, Trixie is very much human woman yep she's got the stereotypical witchy figure you know everything you look for in a porn film right nice ass nice boobs beautiful hair pretty face right all the physical that is the only thing you're there for in that right and nothing else she's a horrible detestable human being who's full of herself she's she's in there first of all because she's pissed off that they've had to replace giselle and you know as we find out shortly thereafter it's with laura but you know first and he's like it's okay it's okay you're still the star right this is all she's worried about like you have brought in somebody that could be better prettier whatever than i am for all that she disses her in being that like i'm so much better because i don't have to do like these bondage flicks and blah 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 right she totally puts down on that and thinks that they're just the low form of the porn industry (laughs) you know um but it's quite reminiscent of when harry met mab though right the way he describes supernatural women because when he met mab he was all like in the ruins of my office did a woman with the kind of beauty that makes men murder friends and start wars and then he gives a little bit of a Text about her suit. A uh, little bit of, like, what she's wearing, and it's, like, her lips are the color of mulberries. Frozen mulberries. Uh, smooth and lovely face. She had a deep green eye. She wasn't old, wasn't young, wasn't anything but stunning. And my heart sped up, and the testosterone-oriented part of my brain wished that I'd been able to bathe or shave, or at least that I hadn't worn sweatpants. So nothing but strictly stunning. His, his descriptions of inhumanly beautiful women are, like, that he can't describe them. So he just kind of leaves it up to the reader's imagination. Uh, it's just part of that being so calm and cool and collected. When you're a top dog, you don't have to fight with everyone else. You are in charge of the room, and it doesn't matter how snippety that Trish or Trixie wants to be because, you know, Laura is just completely unaffected by it. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and she's so nice. She, despite how rude 
Trisha is, she's still willing to let her come and work with her on her own projects. Right? Exactly. But yeah, invites her along to the other thing, and apparently that's just for, like, old wash-ups and has-beens and things like that, which, again, I'm not going to claim to be any kind of expert in the porn industry, but not the impression that I got from folks that are into. I'm like, I don't know why bondage is suddenly just for that, but okay. Apparently, not what Trisha is. That, it, yeah. is that, that, that is insecurity speaking, I'm sure. I, I guess, yeah. I want to throw mud and I don't know how. Amen. Yeah. Well, and I'm, again, that Lara is just so... Above and beyond. Like, it reminds me exactly of, like, when the four-year-old is giving me, and I'm just like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, it's so far out that I'm like, I cannot feel threatened by this at all because I know for a fact you have no idea what you're talking about or, you know, whatever. I don't need to prove myself to a four-year-old, right? And that's just what Laura's. Laura's just like, I don't give, like, okay. (laughs) You know? All right, sweetie. Yeah, I don't need to have a comeback or anything because you were just so far (laughs) below me that I'm just like... This could have been the leg up for you, but I guess not. Yeah. And literally. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Although she does still say, keep in touch. (laughs) Laura's agreed to even use a blindfold and a pseudonym for the film, okay? Like, she's very accommodating. Right? Because, yeah, that's what Trixie's all freaking out about is that, oh, you're bringing this... He's like, we needed somebody to cover for Giselle. Short notice, she's doing his and exactly just so that you're still the prettiest one you know exactly is that she's going to be covered up with a pseudonym so nobody's going to know because which again is telling right there and the fact that like well obviously everybody else would be all gaga for Lara, you know what I mean? So it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot you're here. You're even Trixie. admitting that. Yeah, like, you know, it's like in order to, ma- you know, say that you're still maintaining to go to these measures indicates that you would be second best next to you. But okay, whatever. It's still your film. You're the star. Blah, blah, blah. So the last final part about this whole moment, too, is when you've got Trixie being all... I'm so confident. I'm going to go in this barely see-through lingerie because I'm just so beautiful and everyone will appreciate it. To be right next to still fully dressed Laura and then suddenly feeling so, like, and demeaned next to it and uncomfortable. Still and, like, come in right? and a far second. <laughs> and it's so this whole moment where she wobbles out of the room on her. Whereas before, she was, like, just confident right into the room and now she's wobbling away on these heels and it's just like dude you let her yeah totally let her win yeah it just does not have the same effect that it did a moment before or anything like that right now it's like again you think you've got this this fantastic thing you know you're looking at this beautiful diamond and then all of a sudden up up pops this completely flawless diamond and you're like oh wow i can't believe how shit that looks even you know you know a minute ago it was like the most beautiful thing right it's like, oh, damn it. Flash forward to Harry, who's just like, holy shit, Neanderthal brain right now. This girl is fucking, <laughs> like, hunger. I'm like, oh, my God, so involved with this. Watching every move, so entranced. To Artara, who's just like, Laura, ah, how like, are like, you? What did he say? Like a, yeah. like a favorite uncle or something like that, admonishing, you know, Laura, 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 that wasn't very nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, Laura, Laura is very friendly with Arturo. Like they, they you, you can tell that they have a very familiar relationship, and 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 I think so. It, it implies that the, that there is a friendly relationship with Joan as well, because they're talking about how yeah how he forgot his medication. Joan sent me up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right and, and from what we know of Joan, she wouldn't give two flying fucks about Laura if she if she hated her. Well, She'd yeah, we like, already mm-hmm. saw how she exactly right, like what her opinion of Trixie is. And very fair, now that we've met Trixie, you're like, yeah, we hate her too. She is an obnoxious little airheaded bitch, right? But again, Laura's just Laura. Laura's like, I'm here to be a professional. This is it. I'm not here, you know, even though obviously she could be 10 times the Trixie because she does have 
the walk to back up the talk. She's not, right? She's like, here's your job. Hey, Arturo, how's it going? Joan says your meds came in. I got to bring you down to set. So not only is she beautiful, but she's kind and caring. Kind and caring, willing to play along. Sure, I will fill in last minute. Fine. You don't want me to upstage Trixie. I'll go with a pseudonym. I'll, you know. So accommodating. So accommodating, so friendly, so whatever. Just chill, just whatever. Laura also mentions that the girl we just met, Anari, is her little baby sister. Oh, yes. A family production. Family production. Which is the other thing that he gets all like, wait a minute. I don't think this is her real name. Supernaturally beautiful? Hmm. I bet you she really are right. Wait, wait a minute. That makes two. But then he's not so sure about Anari because he did not get like, he, you know, again, he was like, oh, she's cute. She's pretty. Nice looking girl. But he's like, I did not get like my jaw was not on the floor. My pants were not. That you know, supernatural element was not there. Yeah, he's like, I didn't get the same crazed, you know, succubus thing going on. But um, but still, gotta keep an eye on them, because, hmm. The other thing I find... He, he says this whole, he's like, son of a bitch, the white cord is here. And it's like, yeah, the white cord introduced you to this mission, dude. Like, are you really that surprised? <laughs> well, this is... Right. <laughs> Look who hired you. Like, well, and again, I love I was like, next time I see Thomas, I'm gonna have to punch him in the... Right? <laughs> like, you fucker, there is more to this than... Just help a friend. I want to go on the whole Trixie name thing, though. To me, the nay, any, always means, like, what you were born. Like, And again, I believe that is the French word for born. It's like, so when I see it in, like... Original name. Yeah, obituaries and I things. had to look it up. I was like, mm, okay. just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, so I've seen it. That, weirdly, one that's come up a lot in crosswords is actually where I most frequently know it. I guess it's just a convenient place to add a couple E's in the... I don't know. I, I, I don't ever remember coming across it, so that's why I was like, is that... Yeah, but yeah, but I do know they do it in exactly, like, in your obituaries or your wedding, you know, it'll be like, you know, again, whatever, you know, Mrs. Green, Nay Picard, whatever that was, right? So you're like, no, okay, you can associate it with her other family, right? I feel like he does it completely backwards here. He goes, Trisha, Trixie, Scrump, Nay Genosa, Nay Vixen. I'm like, but shout... Shouldn't it be the other way around? It should be Vixen, nay Genosa, nay Scrump. Because she's originally a Scrump. Then she became a Genosa. Then she became a Vixen. And I'm like, I don't know why. I'm like, is there some other? I'm like, I just... Does it have to be in order? Like It does. It bugs me because that's not the right use of it then. <laughs> yeah. That's something that I, I was guess. like, you have it backwards. I was like, it can't be nay Genosa, nay Vixen. I'm like... But sure, are you just being free? Is there something I don't know, or are you just getting that all ass backwards? And his, in his defense, his mind has just been melted by Laura. Oh, there you go. Maybe, yeah. Maybe He's that's, like, that's blah, 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 blah. But, but yeah. you want it to go Vixen, Genosa, Scrump? It should be Vixen, Nay, Genosa, Nay, Scrump, because Scrump is her original birth name. So yes. it can't be Scrump, Nay, you know, she can't be Scrump. Previously right, yes. known as Genosa, yes. previously known as Vixen. Yes, I understand. <laughs> it's okay, Vixen, yes. previously known as Genosa, previously known Maybe as Scrum. Maybe Butcher just doesn't know his French. Oh, right. This is what I'm wondering. I'm like, is this a little... All right. That, and that's just why it irks. And it has, ever since day one, that's just one little thing that has always irked me about mm-hmm. that one. I'm like, you've got the right, the right... Like, I get the gist of what you're going, but I'm like, you do it, you did it. It's not how knee is used. not how it goes. It's <laughs> totally backwards. He, he, he does sort of play around with grammar when he's not sure about it anyway so it's not like, <laughs> like succubuses suck you, yeah, see, suck you by but at least su- he makes su- a point of it <laughs> bussies is that succubuses suck you suck you I think it's suck you by it's like, uh, that's what I would go with I'm pretty sure it's a suck you by thing too but yeah I just like how he's like me more than one which for grammatical reasons I hope is not the case <laughs> So everybody tromps down. Harry decides he needs to make a phone call. I'll be right beside you. And then he's like, oh, shit. More vampires. Yay. 
This concludes our episode 12.9, Grace Beauty Art. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and machinalize.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Contrapy it at your own risk. Thank you.